0: Morning, everyone. Sorry, let me. Guys, what's wrong with the front row? Like, there's never anyone in the front row. Um, Welcome this morning. It's really wonderful to see you all uh, here this morning. And uh, we are continuing our series through Mark, and I know what you're thinking. You're like, it's week four, and we're in chapter one. Like, am I going to be forty by the time this finishes? Um, yes, I will probably be forty by then, but uh, not all of you. Um, yes, so we are taking our time to go through the book of Mark, and. Um, we probably will get a little bit faster as time goes by, uh, in case you, you, you're worrying. We're trying to lay some of the ground rules, like um, if that's the right term. like just uh, put in place some of the theology that's going to help us think about the rest of the book of Mark. So we see kind of the big idea of the book of Mark is this who is Jesus, that Mark opens up the book, book saying Jesus is the Christ, the, the Son of God. And uh, so he tells us up front what he wants to tell us through the rest of the 16 chapters. He tells us up front who Jesus is. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of what we are going to see unfolding over and over through the, the book of Mark. Who is Jesus? And uh, then we looked a little bit at some terms, try to wrap our minds around some things of like what is the gospel, what is the kingdom, uh, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? We, we looked at last week some of those things, and um, um, just try to like, you know, build up some language or some theology, some thoughts to help us think about um, when we talk about kingdom, when we talk about gospel, when we talk about following Jesus, that we've got some language uh, together that we can use um, to try and understand those things. But now we start getting on with the story, like probably the first 20 verses of chapter one is this introduction that gives us an introduction to the, the book and an introduction to uh, Jesus coming out and preaching. And uh, and and now we're going to get on to some of the narrative. And the narrative goes fast now. So uh, we, we're going to cover some of it slow just to, to give us a little bit of insight into it. But the narrative starts going fast. I don't know if, if you've been reading through any of the reading plan. You'll notice that one of the words that gets used a lot is immediately or at once um, it just gets used a lot so, so um, even in, in this passage you, you would have heard like at once Jesus went there immediately the whole town comes out to, to their door I mean Jesus is just moving fast um, and, uh, and the narrative begins to move um, quite rapidly but here we are we're at this passage where Jesus begins to teach and we're going to look at two kind of things um, this morning. We want to look at Jesus being a teacher, what that means, um, and we're going to look at the idea of authority. So um, this is kind of the first real introduction that we get to that word, authority, um, where it says Jesus taught as one who had authority. Jesus taught with authority, um, and the idea of authority through the first eight chapters of the book of Mark's a really big deal. What Mark is wanting to tell us over and over again, is Jesus has authority. And we're going to see that. Jesus has authority when he teaches. Jesus has authority over demons. Jesus has authority over sickness. Jesus has authority of the waves and the storms of of the sea. Uh, Jesus is the one who has authority over all things. he essentially what Mark wants us to know. So we want to kind of get an introduction to authority, and we want to look at Jesus being a teacher and bring them together as Jesus being the authoritative teacher. Is that okay? You're all okay. So let's look at this idea of Jesus as a teacher. I know we kind of like the idea of Jesus as teacher, but I think actually more commonly in church we think of Jesus as savior, uh, Jesus as the one who saves us from from our sins. We think of Jesus as the Son of God, as uh, God Himself, the, the the second person within the Trinity. We often think of Jesus as love, God uh, as love. In popular culture, the probably the most common uh, association of Jesus is uh, Jesus being love. Um, so we like to think of these things. But I don't know how often we think of Jesus being teacher in the most kind of like relevant sense. Like I am here as a disciple to learn from Jesus. So we said that one of the, one of the kind of big ideas of what it means to follow Jesus is to learn. To be a disciple is to be someone who learns from the person that you are being discipled, um, and so I don't know how often we think of Jesus being a teacher, one that we come to to learn from, uh, to to learn from. And Jesus is not just a teacher. Um, what this passage tells us is Jesus is an amazing teacher. I mean. I would have loved to have heard him uh, preach. It's, it says that when Jesus was teaching, they were amazed at Jesus' teaching. Um, I don't know how often you come to church and are amazed by by the teaching. Probably not often. And I get that. Like, but with Jesus, they're amazed by Jesus' teaching. I was like, can you imagine what it would be like? Jesus preaching, Jesus teaching. He's unpacking life is giving you some knowledge and you just like wow 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 got to come back next sunday mind blown jesus is amazing at Teaching and Jesus is a teacher in like the truest sense of the word, um, and what I mean by that is that Jesus is not just someone who imparts knowledge, so we don 't come to Jesus just to impart knowledge. Education in its truest form is not just the impartation of knowledge it 's the impartation of life, like how do you live? Education is there not just to shape how we think but to shape how We live. Jesus says this at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, probably the greatest like single collection of Jesus' teaching in in Matthew. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount where he's given all this great teaching, he tells a parable. And the parable goes something like this. He says, you know, the foolish man builds his house on the sand. Um, You know, when the waves come, the, the, the wind blows and uh, boom, the, the house comes down. But he says the wise person is not a person who just hears, who just consumes knowledge. The, the wise person is the person who hears these words of mine and puts them into action. It's like these words are not just intended to shape how we think, they're intended to shape how we live. The wise person doesn't just hear the words of Jesus and go, wow, that's amazing. Do unto others as you have them do unto you, and you're like, great idea. But when a taxi like cuts me off on the road— I think other thoughts and I need to act on them. Not like, so, but the wise person doesn't just think these are good ideas. The wise person, Jesus says, puts these ideas into action. That the best teachers don't just teach us knowledge. They teach us a way of life. They teach us how to live. Jesus is a good teacher. He's an amazing teacher. Um, people are amazed at his teaching, and he teaches people not just knowledge about the scriptures, knowledge about God, He is teaching us how to live as humans. And so we as disciples, the the response, that's being called to us of Jesus being a teacher is to be students, to learn, to learn. We want to learn from Jesus. Um, we want to learn from Jesus how to live. Coming to Christ is not just coming to Christ to have our sins forgiven so that we can have eternal life. Like, that's not just what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We don't just come to Jesus and we're like, Jesus, I need my sins forgiven. I want to have eternal life. I'm scared of the alternative. Um, So I'm coming to you to rescue me, to save me. That is one of the reasons why we come to Jesus and follow him is that he does rescue us and save us through his death and resurrection. But we also come to Jesus as students, as apprentices, as disciples, as people who want to learn from Christ the way of God. We come to learn. uh, When we know that um, Jesus is a teacher, teacher, that one came out wrong. When we know that Jesus is a teacher, Our response should be of those who come to learn from Christ, to learn from him. And while this passage doesn't tell us what Jesus was teaching, um, what it is, I think, telling us is that Jesus is the great teacher um, and that the disciples are people that learn from him. Uh, we'll get back to this now. But I want to talk a bit about authority. Um, Jesus is not just a teacher. He teaches as one with authority, um, which is such an interesting term. I don't know if you've ever wondered about that. Like, what does that mean, that Jesus taught as one with authority? And obviously, the teachers of that day were not good at that. So Jesus really stands out. They're really amazed Uh, with Jesus. But the word authority means to have power or influence, Um, to have power or influence. When you think of authority, um, you think of someone who has authority, they have the power to act, they have the power to accomplish something, they have the power to do. Um, In when we think of a place like South Africa, what has the highest authority in South Africa? We live in a constitutional democracy, which means what has the highest authority is not the president. What has the highest authority is the constitution, that the constitution stands as the authority in in our country. It has the, the, and the constitutional court is the highest body um, in South Africa that you know if you go through the the ranks and you have to go from court to court to court, you eventually end up at the constitutional court it 's the highest governing body in South Africa, and they have the authority to determine how things should happen or be run or what 's important, etc cetera, etc, cetera, in uh, South Africa, but in a kingdom, a king would have the highest authority in a kingdom, the king would have uh, the highest authority, which means that they would have the authority to do whatever they want, to say whatever they want, to act in any way they want, to institute any taxes that they wanted to do. The king would have ultimate authority. They had the power to do anything. Um, uh, you know, In a kind of like um, dictatorship, The dictator has the highest uh, authority. But authority, the things that have authority, are the things that have the power to influence, the power to execute, the power to do. Now, authority can be given or authority can be enforced. So sometimes... You know, we listen to authority. We give something authority. Um, we'll get to why some of this is important just now. But sometimes we give things authority. You know, like the police stops us, and we're like, okay, cool. You know, give me the ticket. Thank you. We 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 in one sense are not requiring them to enforce their authority. But you may be a criminal and you're running away from the police, and at that point, authority needs to be enforced. It's like you may not want the authority, but it gets enforced upon you. So sometimes authority is given, like sometimes we give a body authority, and sometimes that authority gets enforced. Now Jesus is a person who has authority. We're going to learn that through, throughout the, the book of Mark. He has authority over nature. He has authority over sickness. He has authority over the spiritual realm. He has authority over all things. And what we learn right up front is that one of the ways that Jesus executes his authority, one of the ways that Jesus demonstrates his authority is through teaching, through teaching, Jesus teaches with authority. He executes his authority through his word, through teaching. Um, and I made this little diagram that might come up. Um, it's kind of like, it's a sandwich, and I want us to get something of the sandwich here. Carry on, Eugene. Oh, there it is. There's my little burger, my little cheeseburger sandwich. Um, now, I did this sandwich because I wanted to understand something about this passage that is important to understand about Jesus' authority coming through his teaching, through his, his word. Um, because we can look at this passage, and it's so easy to say, oh, Jesus' authority you know, comes because he can cast out demons. Like, obviously, if you can do that, like, you've got authority. Um, But the way this passage is told is so like intentional. It tells us within a sandwich. It says in verse 22 that Jesus taught them as one who had authority. They were amazed because Jesus taught them as one who had authority. They're amazed at Jesus before he's even done anything. They sense, they are experiencing the authority of Jesus' teaching. He's speaking as one who has um, knowledge, insight power, wisdom, he, they, he's teaching them as one with authority. They can sense and feel the authority coming through the teaching of Christ, which is why the demon acts out. The story uh, in verse 23 to 26 goes on is a demon cries out um, as... Um, I'll read the exact things. It says, uh, just then, so Jesus is teaching. Just then, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly, come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. So Jesus teaches with authority. It gets a response. Jesus casts the demon out, and then how does it end? It ends with the the second part of the sandwich. What is this, a new teaching, and with authority? Mark tells the story like this. Jesus teaches with authority, he executes that authority, by crossing out demon Jesus teaches with authority like he wants us to know this that the most important part of this whole thing actually is to know that Jesus teaches with authority he teaches with authority he executes his authority through his teaching through his preaching through his word Essentially, God speaks and things happen. God executes his authority throughout the scriptures over and over again. Right from Genesis 1 all the way to the end, God executes his authority. He brings his authority into the world through his word. Jesus brings his authority into the world through his word. Teaching That teaching creates a negative response out of someone. But Jesus executes his authority through his teaching. Uh, I hope uh, that's clear. Sorry, this is quite teachery. Didn't intend it to be that, so. But one of the things that we also learn about Jesus' authority is Jesus executes authority with ease. Um, what, what's amazing, Jesus is teaching. An impure spirit acts out. Jesus says, be quiet, come out. And what happens? The demon listens to him. Like, I don't know if you've ever watched like a YouTube video of something like this. And people go like wild, crazy, holding someone down. and all, it's, like, it's like a whole show. Not with Jesus. Jesus is like, shh, out, done. But then the story gets better. Jesus goes and heals people. And like this amazes me because Jesus goes to heal um, Simon, who is Peter, Simon Peter's mother-in-law. What does he do? <laughs> it sounds crazy. He walks up to her, says, get up. She gets up. Boom, healed, Done. That's it. No like no crazy stuff going on here. Like no crazy, no like crazy anointings and this and that. Jesus exercises his authority with ease. He literally walks up to the sick person, grabs them by the hand, picks them up and boom, they're done. They healed. Jesus executes his authority with ease. How you know Jesus truly and genuinely has authority is that he does it with ease. He does it without resistance. No one can resist the authority of Jesus is one of the things that Mark's telling us. The demons can't resist the authority of Jesus. Sickness can't resist the authority of Jesus. In time we'll go on and we'll see the waves and the storms can't resist the authority of Jesus. Um, when, when the storms come up, Jesus is lying, it says, on the boat, on a cushion. Like, I mean, you've got to love Mark. Jesus is lying on a cushion. He is as relaxed as it can come. The storms are going on. Everyone's anxious. People are going crazy. Jesus is asleep on a cushion. And he's just like, oh, mm, be quiet. Boom, done, stop. Like, he exercises authority with ease. There is no resistance To the authority of Christ. That's how you know Christ has true and supreme authority. That in every situation he goes into and exercises his authority, he does so with ease. Even when it comes to his death, there's a point where you're thinking, Jesus, you can just overthrow the Roman Empire right now. And what does he say? He says at his own death, he says, do I not have the ability to call 12 legions of angels, twelve thousands of angels? Do I not have the ability in a moment to exercise my authority and change the situation? What is he saying? He's saying, of course he can. But he doesn't. Jesus has the authority over all. All things. He exercises his authority with ease because his, his authority is true. And one of the ways that Jesus exercises his authority is through teaching. We come to the word over and over again, we come to the word week after week on a Sunday. We come to the word daily in the reading of the scriptures. We come to the word to experience the authority of Christ being exercised in our lives. What the scriptures tell us is that we are given the opportunity to willingly give Christ the authority now. But one day he will bring all things under his authority his authority we give him authority now by submitting ourselves to the word by submitting ourselves to his teaching but one day christ will return and all will bow down before him his authority will be enforced exercised in the world. You and I, in our discipleship, are students. And in coming to Christ and his word and his teaching, what we are doing is we are giving ourselves an opportunity to bring our lives under the authority of Christ, to have his teaching, have his word, to have himself as the Highest authority in our lives. So let let me try and land this a little bit practically. Is, I mean, one of the questions I have, it's a question I have for myself, is what teaching uh, do you give or are you giving authority in your own life? What are the teachings, the things in your life that are shaping? How you think and live. You know, it could be the rampant individualism of the 21st century. You do you. Live your truth. You know, we've heard all those sayings. Live your truth. Be yourself. You know. You do you. Like, all those kind of phrases that begin to seep into our thinking. And they begin to take they begin to have authority over our lives. Someone comes and says, hey, I don't think you're doing well. Whoa, who are you to come and tell me that I'm not living a good life? Like, how can you say that? Um, I'm doing me. I'm living my truth. I'm doing whatever I want to do. I'm doing whatever makes me happy. Like, what teachings... Are we submitting to? Are we giving authority to outside of Christ? I mean, it may be this guy. Um, Some of you will know him. Next slide. Oh, Andrew Tate. (laughs) Not a fan, but some people are a fan of Andrew Tate. And um, I am amazed. You just have to go onto Twitter and realize how many people are submitting to his teaching as authoritative or or maybe you're slightly less out there and uh, you like the next guy Um, I know some people like the next guy oh JP Jordan Peterson 12 rules for life maybe that's uh, your authority you make your bed in the morning do you do that stand up straight shoulders back bed made well done well done put your best self out into the world. Um, But like, the reality is, is that there's all these people out there that want to be an authority in your life. They want you to submit to their teaching. They want you to submit to their way of thinking, their way of life. And it's not just these guys. I mean, these guys are, are, you know, radical kind of far end on one side, but there's teaching on other sides, there's teaching on on sexuality, there's teaching on gender, there's teaching on, on all sorts of aspects of life that we submit to, that we allow to have an influence on our life over the teaching of Christ. We kind of sideline Jesus to being, hey, Jesus, my savior. Jesus, I want you to save my life. But when it comes to living a good life, JP, give me your 12 rules for life. I don't care about what the scriptures say. I just care about what's cool. I want JP, I want Andrew Tate. I want, you know, look at that guy. He drives a Bugatti like, that's me. That's what I'm aiming for. Yeah, yeah. I want to be forty and have a six-pack, and I mean, I do, <laughs> but. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> Oh Sorry, that one, that one got even me. <laughs> but I, I think that the real question is is what is influencing you? What are you submitting to? What teaching are you allowing to shape who you are becoming that is outside of Christ? What are you giving more of a voice than Christ? The reality is, as we do that, as we allow these, as we submit to these things, we move out of our submission of Christ into a submission of something else. The way Jesus is changing the world, the way Jesus is influencing the world is by executing his authority through his word. That doesn't mean that some people say good things. It doesn't mean that philosophers and authors and teachers and lecturers and all these people don't have good things to say. But what we are saying is that Christ needs to be above all these things as the supreme authority. God's word ultimately is our primary source of teaching. You know what good teaching does? Good teaching liberates. Good teaching liberates. Jesus is teaching and a man who is possessed with an impure spirit becomes free. Good teaching liberates. Bad teaching gets us into bondage. Some of us are in financial bondage because of bad teaching. Good teaching liberates. Um, One story from Tim Keller. Where's Vakile? This is for him. He was saying to me, where's my Tim Keller quotes? He was like, what has happened to them? So, got one for Vakile and he didn't even come. Mm! Uh, Tim Keller talks about this passage, and he, he says something about South Africa, which obviously, because of our history, is a, is a difficult thing. Um, but he, he says, he talks about apartheid, and he says this, he says, one of the things with apartheid that baffled many people is how can a system be so evil when the people who generated the system seem to be good people? Like how could the system be so much more evil than the sum of its parts? And he says, in some killer's words, he says it's because the system was demonic. It was possessed. It was far greater than any individual. It was demonic. And demonic systems control through teaching, through indoctrination, through indoctrinating people that this is the way it should be this is the way it should be and so it gets into your psyche and all of a sudden you have good people doing evil things being indoctrinated through demonic teaching bad teaching puts us into bondage but good teaching liberates and people fought for truth preached, fought, began to allow the truth to get out there, and it liberates. Some of us are in bondage in some of our lives because we've allowed bad teaching. Some of that teaching is just plain demonic we've allowed it to indoctrinate the way that we live. Whether it be finances, whether it be our view of sexuality, whether it be our view of life and people, we've allowed bad teaching to get us into bad spaces. But God advances his kingdom. He liberates people through His word, good teaching, liberates. Some of us would get out of financial debt just through a shifting of mindset. Some of us would get out of patterns of anxiety through some shifting in beliefs and thoughts. It's not to say that all anxiety is cause of that. But for some of us, we need a shifting of mindset. We need to come under a new authoritative teaching. We need to come under Christ. Some of us would be liberated from the shame that we've lived with over and over through a change of mindset, through the teaching of Christ beginning to lay hold of our lives. What we learn in the Gospel of Mark is we learn Jesus is a teacher, He's the great teacher. He's the one that they're amazed at through his teaching. And of course he's a teacher. Of course it should be that. Because God has always executed his authority in the world through his word. And Jesus begins to execute his authority through teaching. And he does it and it liberates people. I often have had, I've been a pastor for a long period of time. Um, I was in full-time ministry at one point for 12 and a half years. And probably my most common thing was someone coming up to me and saying, Jamie, would you pray for me? I need to be free from this. And, of course, I'm a pastor. You pray for them and you ask God to intercede. But some people would just never get free until they changed their thinking. They just wouldn't. And you knew it. You're like, like, I don't know, I can't do anything for you until you change your mind. And that change of mind is called repentance. It's the acknowledgement. God, I've been walking in the wrong direction. Believing the wrong beliefs. Thinking the wrong thoughts, submitting to the wrong teachers. I repent. I change my mind. I change the direction of my life. I walk in a different way. Can I pray for us? We haven't actually talked about Jesus' teaching, and uh, Mark doesn't talk about it, so we've kind of left out the contents of Jesus' teaching as Mark does. But my prayer and my hope for us this morning is not the content that we're wanting to submit to. We wanna submit to the person who the content comes from. We wanna submit to Christ. And submit to His words. Lord, I pray for all of us here this morning. For some of us, we are the supreme authority in our own lives. For others, we've given ourselves over to other ideas and other things. But I pray, Lord, that this morning, even as we've heard about you, Jesus, being the teacher, the authoritative teacher, the one who executes your kingdom in our lives through your teaching. I pray that you would help us this morning to submit to you, to come under you, to come under you, your teaching, to allow what you say, your words, your gospel, to have its way and its place in our lives. I pray, Lord, where we have believed lies, where we believe things that are not true, where we've given ourselves over, even some of us, we've given ourselves over to demonic teaching, to systemic evils controlled through demonic thought. Oh Lord, I pray that you would set us free and that we would come free by coming under your truth, allowing our lives to be submitted to you I pray, Lord, where for some of us, it's felt like week after week, month after month, we just haven't been able to shake some thinking. Even this morning, I pray that you, by your spirit, through your Word, that you would begin to exercise your authority in our lives and begin to reshape how we think. Won't you liberate us in Harbor City? Won't you liberate us, Lord, I pray? Won't you set us free? Won't you break some patterns of thinking and living in our lives that need to be broken? Won't you break some anxiety in our life that needs to be broken? Won't you set us free, Lord? It was for freedom that you set us free, as Paul says. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And Lord, I pray, that you would liberate us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.